Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fam. My name is Nick and I am your host for this podcast. And today I get to have a conversation with Nathan and Cecile Turner. They're involved in our church leadership. They're parents to four awesome kids. Today we talked about a number of things, but I asked them something that I've been wondering about, and it's this. How do we balance protecting our kids with training our kids for what they're going to face in our world? The Turners had some really great thoughts, and I think you'll find it super helpful. Also, if you've been enjoying these conversations, I need your help with two things. The first thing you can help me with is actually share it with a friend who has kids, another parent with human kids, because we want to help as many families as possible. The second thing you can do along the same line is leave a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening. Believe it or not, it actually helps more parents hear the content as we help each other lead our families well and disciple our kids together. Thanks so much for being a part of the fam. Let's get right into my conversation with Nathan and Cecile Turner. Well, Nathan and Cecile, welcome to the fam. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Thanks, Nick. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're good. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thankful that we can uh, sit down and chat for a little bit today and um, just take some time to talk parenting. Like we were saying uh, just a couple of minutes ago, I'm, I'm almost uh, a parent of a child who's out of the womb. I'm excited. <laughs> Very exciting. And intimidated, but... These conversations have been fun. I've been learning a lot. That's good. Yeah. They're helping prepare you then. <laughs> exactly. It's a great uh, it's a great perk. Yeah. <laughs> well, today, guys, I wanted to um, take some time to talk with you because uh, I think that you guys have some really – from what I've heard from your family story, you have um, been really intentional about how you've been training your kids and, and teaching them around certain topics. And so uh, I would love to talk today a little bit about the idea of like um, training your kids and, and protecting your kids and, and how do we balance that. Um, but mm-hmm. maybe before we jump into that, you could share just a little bit of like, you know, y- your family, how many kids you guys have, a little bit of your story. What's the vibe of the Turner household? We have 15 children. That is um, not true. What? <laughs> 15. <laughs> enough for a full rugby team. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, no, that's a soccer team with substitutes. Oh, much better. <laughs> we, have, we have four kids, and uh, our oldest is 15, a girl, Mercedes, yeah. then Marcus is 14, yeah. Emmanuel is almost 13 but not quite like in a almost. week <laughs> awesome and then zoe's 10 Aww. <laughs> everybody's in double jit- digits now i know it's, yeah it's pretty crazy <laughs> did you ever think you'd get there um to double digits or have four kids <laughs> Both. um i as you will start to hear i i have a really big picture view and I've always wanted four kids I mean like yeah so yeah and I'm 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 my brain is already into grandparent bill so I I cannot wait until we have grandkids she she has them all married I do that's impressive work (laughs) so I just that's the way that I think it's it's personally the way that I think but I enjoy the moment like I'd like to share so I have a long view but I have a in the moment view so um yeah so that's our kids we've got four of them and for those of you who don't know we used to homeschool so um I homeschooled them for 12 plus years and then we sent them to school at a private school at our church Koinonia Christian Academy that's at Koinonia Christian Academy on Instagram just in case one <laughs> hello so, um, I know, right? So that's where we sent them. That wasn't the plan. So it was um, basically homeschooling. And then, but that's our family. And then I went back to work and they're in school. And we do have kids in public school and we do have them in private school and we've homeschooled. So we've done all three. Dang, you guys have the whole spectrum, eh? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. No, what, no university yet. Not yet. True. <laughs> true. One, one thing I will say is it is unique that you guys have had your kids in homeschool and then private school and then public school. Um, I wonder if you could 
Matt, we didn't really plan to talk about that, but I wonder if you could just like shed a little bit of light on what that was like, because, um, you know, everybody has their own ideas about what the best type of schooling is for their kids. And some people only experience public school. Most of my schooling experience was through the private system and I've never experienced homeschool. Um, was there some certain strengths that you found from each one or what, what was your experience like from kind of doing all three? Yeah. Um, one of the main motivators was that we wanted the opportunity, particularly when the kids were younger, mm-hmm. um, to be able to help shape their foundation while their worldview was being shaped yeah. uh, in those younger years. And also wanted to be able to be present in their lives on a daily basis, like in a, in a real concentrated way. Mm. Um, we recognize that not every family can do that. And, yeah. and we're grateful we had the opportunity. So that was a big part of the homeschooling mm-hmm. side of things was just to really invest in them for that period of time and set them up yeah. uh, with some of our values and, and uh, you know, the truth of God's word from us directly mm-hmm. and then and then um we saw the benefit in having them go into school because we like into a private school because we knew that at some point we wanted them to go into the public system whether that was going to be high school or university we knew that they were going to at some point mm-hmm. need to enter into that world and so um we felt KCA was a good bridge yeah. for that as well. Yeah. And um, so that, that was part of the reason why the, the process happened. One of the reasons why we chose to have them go into a public high school was because, as you mentioned, we've been quite intentional in the early years. And our goal was to be able to send them into the public system to be able to be a light mm-hmm. and the, uh, our hope is that they will know who they are in Christ yeah. and know the truth of God's word so that when they go into that public system in high school, they can influence it. And also it allows us to still be present mm-hmm. in their lives as they process some of the challenges yeah. that they'll face in the public system. Well, part of our rationale was if they went through Christian school all the way through and then went into university, um, they would be facing many of these challenges that they're facing in high school and more. Um, But we wouldn't have the same kind of ability to influence Mm. and support and, and chat with them and process things. So yeah, that's a bit of the rationale. Every, every uh, parent has to make their own decision and I don't, we don't feel like there's a right and a wrong. Every child's different too, right? So So you really got to, discern what god is saying to you and and what is possible right mm-hmm. so yeah. and as each child is different like i thought i would be homeschooling them all up until grade eight or grade seven and then it just ended up that that didn't happen and then um when you look at it it's just like let's just figure out we, we know our kids one of the main things for me for homeschooling is I want to know my kid. It's just like, I just like, listen, it's like, I want to know if somebody says you stole something, I want to be like, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I can tell. Or if someone said they stole something, I'd be like, you got the wrong child. This is no, your story is inaccurate. I don't want to, didn't want to be one of those parents who didn't really know their kids. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I want to know this child. And we were very intentional um, to be like, let's know you let's, figure out who you are, figure out who, who, what your gifts are and, and specifically training them up just in the ways of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's, that mm-hmm. was like the big thing. So we started doing that and then your life circumstances change, jobs change, everything changes around you. But mm-hmm. we were very intentional to say, you know what, we're going to give, we're going to give 100% to these little ones so that they understand who God is and they understand his place in our life and our, in the family and then we're going to go from there. So, mm. one of one of our convictions has been um, that we wanted to we want to stay connected to the hearts of our children, mm. um, not just not just uh, be around them, but be connected to them so that um, their hearts are open towards us and they feel comfortable sharing things with us, uh, whether they're difficult or easy things to share that they would just feel able to uh, talk with us because they feel that connection. And so 
Um, that's been a primary goal. And, and um, so we've tried to do things to help facilitate and encourage and nurture that kind of connection. And that is a challenge. And, and uh, I think we, there are seasons where we've done better than others. And, uh, <laughs> there are some of the kids we feel a little more of that than others. You know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's not like a formula. It's, it's really something you have to kind of work at daily. Yeah. And like, and like you guys were saying, each of your kids are quite different. Um, and and so you approach your relationship with them differently. How, how did you guys get to know the hearts of your kids? Like in those early years, what what were some of the things that you guys did when they were young that just kind of helped you, you know, understand them and help, help Mm -hmm. also convey your heart and your family values? Like what, what did that look like? Well, as Cecile said, homeschooling was a huge part of that. Um, I also spent a number of years working from home exclusively, mm. um, running my own business. And so that allowed me to um, be with them as well at different, uh, you know, meal times during the day and, and sometimes an outing here or there that I was able to free myself up for. Um, something that I did specifically as well was um, going on dates <laughs> every, every week, yeah. um, particularly in the earlier years, uh, we have four kids, as we said, so we kind of rotated. Yeah. <laughs> so Thursday was date night, and um, it was kind of non-negotiable. And we, <laughs> uh, you know, they, we would put their names in the calendar, and they would look at the calendar and see, oh, it's Mercedes' turn, or it's Zoe's turn, or whatever. And and uh, even the boys as well. We would just, yep. I, I just simple things. I'd take them to Tim Hortons. I still do this, but less frequently. We go to Tim Hortons, go to McDonald's, go for an ice cream, take them to the food court in the mall. Yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive, something inexpensive, but consistent. Mm. And uh, so there, when they were younger, it was something they were super pumped about. And, yeah. you know, they, they were just longing for their turn yep. because it was so far away right. because it was a month in between. Not that we didn't do anything in between, but um, it was their special uh, time right now. Now I have to be a little more assertive <laughs> because the cool factor is not there in the same way, but they, they still want to do it. And, and so you just got to don't allow the, one of the things I've had to work through this is, is um, don't allow their kind of change in their enthusiasm externally yeah. in terms of how they talk about it or whether or not they seem like they're into it to stop me from doing it hmm. and to cause think, Oh, they don't, they're not interested or this, I guess this has run its course and it's not important anymore. It may look different, but it's still important. And so I just, I have to push through some of that kind of yeah. teenage, I don't care about this kind of vibe and say, no, this still matters. So we're going to do it. And it also happens organically. Like if you're just right. driving, like for me, like, We've named our van, and his name is Chuck. So Chuck. when we're in Chuck driving around, um, we'll just be having chats, and we'll just go. We'll be like, um, be like, okay, I need to take this opportunity. Hey guys, let's stop at Tim Hortons or whatever, and we drive through, and then you chat because um, those are those little times when you get, um, you just get so you get these little tiny chunks of wisdom in there, hmm. and you don't have to give huge long thing it's just it's van talk you're you're just in the van driving around and I think as the kids get older and get busy with jobs it's like you know you got to take those times when you can because um I mean I would love to just take them and put them in my lap and talk to them like I used to but yeah. that is gone that would that window is over it's gone hmm. so have it back with grandkids <laughs> it's gone so i think um i think too when they were little just the homeschool piece is really big for us because as a mom i would make sure that we scheduled our activities i'm like if daddy's going to be home we're going to schedule things around that mm-hmm. so it did mean it was work yeah it just happened but I'd be like, nope. I'm like, this is what we're doing, and we could move, we could shift our things, move them so we could be with Nathan. If his work schedule got crazy, we could flex with that, and that's that was such a blessing when they were little. Mm. So, and and just including them in everyday Everything. stuff. So mm. you know, you, you go in shopping, just tell them they're coming. Right. 
at rather than you know especially when the teenagers just asking them generally speaking you're not going to get the answer you want but mm-hmm. if you if you just say mercedes we're going you know marcus we're going shopping or whatever right um they including them in different things that perhaps you wouldn't think to mm-hmm. it's just everyday life and in that context it, there are opportunities that come up oh, yeah. yeah so and and including them like in in stuff around the house like my my son emmanuel um one day um in the i guess it was during covid maybe a couple of months ago now um he he just got curious about the dishwasher and i can't even remember what it was about <laughs> but anyway so i i stopped what i was doing and he there was something he wanted to do clean the dishwasher i think it was cleaning it because wow. it was it was getting gunky that's and incredible stuff. i know so so i'm like oh this is an interesting opportunity here yeah. so i stopped what i was doing and i started looking at it with him and it led to us turning off the breaker so i showed him how to do that and that you know he's 12 years old right yeah and then but he's handy like he likes doing stuff with his hands yeah. and taking things apart so i actually worked with him and let him do some of it on his own i taught him how to uh, do the electrical on it because he had to disconnect the electrical and and um, why it was important to do it and all this kind of stuff and it was just fun but it gave him a life skill and it gave me an opportunity to connect around something that interested him and i think that's a big part as well is don't just bring them into your world but go into theirs as well yeah. so when you see when you see something that lights up lights them up uh, get involved in that and that can be challenging and i don't feel like i always do a good job of it there are some things that they do i'm just like oh i don't want to get involved yeah but but um, it's important to at least make some effort in that way too. That's so cool. It, for, what I hear you guys saying is that, because often when I think about connecting with the heart of your kids and you know helping to instill your family values in them, it feels intimidating because it feels like you know you have to have a a curriculum or a, a really specific mm-hmm. plan or you know here's our mm-hmm. three things. But what I'm hearing from you guys is that being intentional about inviting your kids into your world it, it is what it takes. And then that creates moments where you can speak to something or moments where you can teach something or moments because it's easy right. to not be intentional about something because it feels like it's going to be a lot of work. Um, but what right. I hear you guys saying is that, man, just be intentional about inviting them in and then the mm-hmm. opportunities are going to present itself, which I think is right. really cool. One thing I would love to um, switch gears a little bit on is uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, homeschool and and private school, public school. And I made the shift from a private school, uh, private Christian school to a public high school. And that was Mm -hmm. like that that was a really big culture shock for me. Um, You know, I remember walking down the hall for the first week and I was just like, people everywhere like you know it was it was crazy and yeah one of the things that I have experienced from you know friends who have come through Christian school and come into the public space and felt myself as well is sometimes it feels like those spaces can be a bit of a bubble um or can be a bit of you know um sheltering or whatever so I guess my question is how do you balance that like how do you balance the protecting your kids because that's at the heart of every parent right is they want their kids to be safe and to be protected and how do you balance that with training them and helping them understand like here's what you could come against with how have you guys kind of walked that line so i in particular was just like listen everybody in the whole entire world is at high school (laughs) everybody that you're ever going to work with every situation you're ever going to come up against going to be in high school so you need to learn how to get along with everybody at high school and respect people at high school and get to learn personality types at high school i look at it as not so much an academic education but a social education in the world because if you cannot get along with people in high school how are you ever going to get along with anybody in like job wise it's so true so um when i look at it that way and so i'm thinking 
So you see the different social groups, you see who gets in trouble, who doesn't get in trouble. That's an education in itself that raises social issues that we could talk about at the house. It's like, well, why are they always getting called down to the office or what's going on over here? And who's vaping in the bathroom? Yeah. Okay. So don't go in the bathroom. If there's vaping, just don't go in there. And they, yeah, if it and smells they like grapefruit, things. don't go in. <laughs> so, and they learn these things. And, and to me, that is huge. That is ginormous. Those are amazing points to talk about. Of course, they come with the emotional piece of this is insane. What's going on? I want to go back to where it's safe. And it's like, mm-hmm. let's be real. It's like, this is life and life isn't safe. And this is, we have Jesus in our hearts. We have the son of God. We have, <laughs> we, we are, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. <laughs> So let's start walking out what we say we believe, and it's every single day walking to a school that is not necessarily your preference, and it's not necessarily a place that you are like, this is amazing, I just want to set up camp and stay here. So it is difficult, and as we said, each child is different, and so it grates against the nerves of each child differently, Mm -hmm. and so that is one of the biggest ways that we've had to look at this and be like, okay, this child and the way that they're built and the way that they're bent and the way that they think, this is why it's bothering them so much. Um, and helping them process. And that. helping them, because it's not going to go away. Like, you don't just graduate from high school, get a job, and everything is, oh, this is amazing. Everyone's nice to me. And, <laughs> wow, like, nobody says any curse words. It's awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? That is <laughs> the way it is. Yeah. So. I, think, I think one of the things that parents deal with is because of their love, because of our love for our kids, um, one of the things that can impact our hearts is fear. Hmm. Um, And fear can then dictate the decisions we make. And it can lead to um, unhelpful things when it comes to our parenting, one of those being um, controlling too much. Hmm. So I think that we it's it's true. We need to create safe places for our kids. We need to be in tune with what they can and can't handle. Um, and based on those things, we need to shepherd them and and bring a level of protection to them. But we, I don't think that we're called to um, completely protect them from every um, negative thing or influence, hmm. right? Um, and so one of the things we've attempted to do is progressively um, remove the controls um, and allow them into situations that, yeah, they're, they're challenging. They, yeah. they will confront their worldviews. They will have to process, okay, I, I was taught this, I'm hearing this. How, does, how do I, you know, how do these things fit? How do I understand them? And so we, we've been cautious about being overprotected. We've certainly protected. Mm-hmm. We've certainly brought a measure of control in that sense. Uh, but we've also been cautious about being overly protected mm-hmm. out of fear. So if fear is the motive, I think that's the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. I think what we need is wisdom. Yeah. We need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. What is he saying? Um, we need to... Um, be willing to allow them to trust God mm-hmm. because if yes. we put too much controls in their life, um, they don't learn to trust God. Yeah. You know, like we've had, we've had some so good. A few challenging years recently with, with our kids as they've stretched and learned how to interact with situations that have not been comfortable. Yeah. But our job is not to keep our kids comfortable, no. it's to teach them to trust God. Hmm. And if you can learn to trust God, you've got to get uncomfortable. That's right. Because if you're if you're completely comfortable, where's the trust? Why, why would you need to it's like the same with us as adults, right? We um hmm. if if we understand everything that we're involved with, if if we feel um, like we can handle everything all on our own, there's no need to trust God. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, we've got to allow our kids to begin to experience some of those tensions yeah. so that they can develop their own relationship with God. So that's our goal is to teach our kids to develop their own relationship with God. And if you um, originally you said, okay, you've got this, 
you've got our Christian world. We know how to be in the Christian world. We know how to talk, you know, the phrase, you know, everything. And then all of a sudden you're faced with a completely secular environment. And then all of a sudden we as parents, we have to trust God. We have to be like, Holy Spirit, um, are you going to tell me if something's going on? (laughs) Because I need to know. And so for us, it's forced us to just really double down and be like, we don't know what's going on in the classroom. We don't know who said what. We have no idea how they're really feeling. So we have to be like, Holy Spirit, you said that you would alert us and you said that you would do this. And so I am putting my full, I have to put my full confidence and faith in what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Because hmm. if, if that's incorrect, then I'm like, you're just out there by yourself. And I know that's not the case because the Bible specifically always says God is faithful. He's faithful. So it takes massive trust on parents. And do we get it right? No. Do I freak out? Yes. Do I respond and react? Yes. I'm like, ah. But then I have to come back to the word and be like, well, God, this is what you said. You said you said that you'd totally be here for us and protect us and you love us and you care for us. I have I have to trust that and I have to believe that. Uh, our, our, um, I think our calling as parents is to disciple our kids, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about the the call of Jesus to go and make disciples, but it begins at home. We're supposed to be discipling our kids. So one of the things we we are trying to do and with effectively and ineffectively at times, it seems, <laughs> is to teach them how to make decisions. Hmm. So I, I, we don't want to police everything in their lives. We don't That's wanna, exhausting. But yeah, it is. And, and it, it communicates something to them. It communicates that we don't trust them. Um, it communicates all kinds of things that are unintentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, we, we, we're not saying throw the door wide open and let mm-hmm. any kind of influence um, come into their lives and hope they figure it out, mm-hmm. not, not by any means. But this is why we've been training them for years, right? Yeah. You know, the, the 15, the 14, the 13, the 10-year-old. Yeah. It's not like this is just something we've begun to do just now. It's something we've progressively done. Yeah. You know, something as simple as when they were really young, we didn't let them watch magic. Sure. Yeah. Because we didn't want them to get the wrong idea about Mm -hmm. spiritual things. But as they got older, we began to explain to them more about why and the difference between, you know, as Cecile used to call it, tricky trick magic. Tricky trick magic and straight up witchcraft. Got to know the difference between the two. Right. So we've allowed. Over time, we've allowed them to watch some things um, that that are in that vein of actual magic sure. so that they can discern and see and we can talk it through. Yeah. Um, again, not that we let our kids watch just anything. It's very, it's very intentional. It's very strategic. But we don't just say, you know, oh, the, this is in, it, in that movie and so we're not going to watch it. Hmm. No, we... We're aware of it. The kids know we check and they ask us to check. Yeah. That's you know, cool. Like plugged in, yeah. plugged in or whatever. You know, my, my son, Emmanuel, just recently, we were going to watch a movie. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, this looks okay. And he said, did you check? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he wanted me to check. Wow. <laughs> and uh, my, yeah. my daughter, Mercedes, has done that too. Like she's checked the content of movies because that's what we do. Sure. Because we want to be able to go in with our eyes wide open and know the issues. And uh, we watched a movie last night. sounds like we watch movies every day, but <laughs> we don't. I, we just, I, I find that um, media, when we watch with our kids, when we involve our kids and watch it with it, then it actually provides great opportunities for discussion. Mm-hmm. If you approach it that way, you know, um, yeah, they're going to hear some swear words. Yeah, there's going to be some content issues. Um, you know, they actually asked me to fast forward something in the movie last night because they didn't want to see it, mm. right? And I'm like, that is exactly what our goal is because I, I want them, we want them to, to be able to watch movies because later on or whatever content, media, whatever, down the road, we're not going to be around. Yeah. You know, there's going to be times when we'll be away or they'll be out of the house or they'll be at university or whatever we're not going to be there to filter things. We want the filter to be inside. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who helps them filter. 
and we're teaching them how to recognize what is good and what is evil, what's right and what's wrong. And uh, again, not that we do it perfectly, um, but that's our goal is to help them learn how to make choices for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that, there's a risk there. Yeah. It feels a little bit scary at times. Sometimes they do well with that. Sometimes they do, don't, do, don't well. do so well. But, but that's part of the, the process of parenting. Right? And just to be specifically clear, like we actually tell them, we're like, they're like, how come you can't watch this? How come you can't watch that? And I'm like, you know that you can watch whatever you want um, later on and you're going to be on your own and mommy and daddy won't be there and you can turn the TV on. You can turn Netflix on. You can watch whatever you want. For as long as you want. You you can do it all day. They're like, really? And I'm like, you can do that. I said, that's what's coming. And this is why we're doing it now. So we actually use our words and we explain what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because what we found is no, no. Okay. They're too old just to say no. Right. They need... We have we're we're giving them the why behind it. It's, it's just coaching. Like, yeah. It's like it's coming. It's coming when you can do when you you're going to be able to do whatever you want, and it's coming. It's coming. And what we're trying to do is give you boundaries so that when you get that freedom, you don't lose it. Um, I love that you're intentionally not just saying no, but helping them understand and say, guys, like eventually I'm not going to be here to help you make these decisions. And so while I am here, I want to set you up as best as you can. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to jump back to something that you guys mentioned earlier. Um, I think it was really good because you were kind of uh, distinguishing um, protecting your kids out of uh, fear and protecting your kids Mm -hmm. out of wisdom. And I wonder if we could maybe Mm -hmm. go into that a little bit more. What, what, what would it look like, like to, just to contrast them? Because I know that some people would say, you know, like my 18-year-old, I'm not letting her date because uh, that's wise. It's like, well, you know, she is an adult. And uh, so how do, you, how do you discern what is coming from fear and, and what is actually a wise decision? I, I think that's tr- difficult, but um, what do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's true. It's, it's challenging. And sometimes we need to talk that out as parents and, mm-hmm. and help each other discern what's going on. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that you have to trust the Holy Spirit with. Uh, sometimes I think the fear is attached to our own um, yeah. identities yeah. as parents, mm-hmm. like the fear of, of you know, we've those of us who have parent have been parents, our parents have all experienced the um, the challenge of say a, a child that's acting out in front of other parents, and the the feeling that you can feel on the inside of of uh, embarrassment, right? And it's no longer about the child; it's now about me. Hmm. Wow. And that's yeah. a big distinguishing thing, you know. It's why am I afraid? Like, what is this actually revealing about me, my own insecurities, my own trust in God? Like, do I really believe what God's word says? Or or is this fear in me that I'm experiencing exposing an issue in my own heart where I'm not trusting? Mm -hmm. And um, fear fear causes us to tighten control. Mm -hmm. And um, it it doesn't produce great results. <laughs> That's for um, sure. You know, there, there, there are times when fear can be helpful, like in, in different areas of life, because you suddenly become aware of danger and there's this immediate emotion of fear, but it's not intended to control you. Hmm. It, it's an emotion like other emotions. It's intended to help you discern what's happening. So if the fear leads to control, that's a problem. Hmm. If the fear, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've experienced it with our kids in, in the context of physical danger, hmm. you know, there's this emotion of fear that just hits you. And and that's a good thing because it, it alerts you, it wakes you up, and it causes you to realize, oh, hang on a second, I need to do something immediately and, yeah. and rescue my child right now. Um, and that's positive, but it, that sh- fear should not control every decision we make. Mm-hmm. It should alert us to the need to make decisions, yes. mm-hmm. but it shouldn't control those decisions. Right. 
that helps. Totally, yeah. Well, I mean, it brings right back to Proverbs, right? Like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like mm-hmm. if our parenting stays based on fear, then that obviously is going to result in lots of control that it might not be healthy. But when that fear drives us towards, okay, like, you know, my child has an iPhone 10 now, like, ah, uh, uh, um, right. is that is that going to cause us to control or is it going to cause us to okay how can i approach this piece of technology with wisdom with my kids teach them how to use it mm-hmm. yeah and, and model it for them right so that it's not just something we're telling them but it's something that we do you know like one of the things that we've tried to do um is no iphones no phones at the table yes mm-hmm. and sometimes i'll catch myself like when we're at dinner yeah right <laughs> Um, one of the th- I'll catch myself. Oh, I've got my phone with me. I'm not engaged. I'm scrolling, and I have to stop. And I, I go put it on the on the phone table. Yes. <laughs> do you guys have a specific I, place for technology? We, well, we do. Uh, the the funny thing is, it would have originally phone table like the ones on the wall. <laughs> originally, it was a phone table. An actual phone. Yeah, but but now it's just a table where the devices get charged. Yeah. But it's in the kitchen by the where we eat. But um, yeah, so so it's modeling as well as telling, right? Just like Jesus. I mean, he he didn't go around telling his disciples all the things they should do, sure. and then do something different himself. He the biggest part of discipling our kids is demonstrating what how how we are called to live as believers and realize that like, so one of our rules is no phones in the bedroom, no devices in the bedroom on your own. And so great, great rule. Um, I think what we need to realize is that we can't frustrate our kids. So during Corona, when they all had zoom calls for school and the only quiet place to go with good lighting was in front of their window in their room, I wasn't about to walk up in the middle of a Zoom call and be like, what are you doing? Like, what is that? Right. Like, is that not frustrating your children? So I recognize, oh, you know what? The rule is no phones in the room. That's great lighting. I totally probably would have done it myself. And so it was one of those things where it's like they're following what we're asking them to do because they're in class and they're trying to get good lighting. And they're trying to get up to a place of privacy. And then after that, they would come out and I'd be like, hey, had the call go, whatever. And so it wasn't anything hidden. It's just like you can have rules, but you have to not frustrate your children and come and enforce these. Just, I don't know. You have to look at the situation and always flow with the situation. One of our kids would always be like, well, why? Like, why can... Why is it like this, not like this? And then I realized that I just made a hard rule because I didn't want to give it the emotional energy to think it through. Mm. And I didn't want to give it the emotional energy to talk it through. Mm. We just wanted them to obey right away. And it's like, okay, but that's me. That's Mm. not the child. The child was not being disrespectful. That was me obey right away because I didn't want to give it the time to actually parent and Mm. to actually talk through. Mm. So, yeah. Man. Like with screen screen time, for example, yeah. um, just had a conversation with one of our kids yesterday about this. And, you know, they've got their own laptop now. They paid for it with their own money. It's impressive. And we had, we had to yeah. process that. And we were like, you know, they're going to get, be getting a free Chromebook in a year. Sure. <laughs> and so we thought through high school, we, we talked about that, but they still wanted it. And so I was like, okay, well, this they've they've been doing the research. They showed me the research. They've been looking at it, all the specs. And, you know, I told them, talk to somebody who, uh, who knows about this stuff and see what they think about it. So they were doing all the work. Mm-hmm. It was clear that it was something they wanted. So we, we decided, okay, this is an opportunity for them to learn and it's going to make our lives as parents more complicated, Yeah, <laughs> but it's a valuable discipling opportunity so you know yesterday i noticed that they were on the computer for what seemed like a long time because where they do their computing and where my office is is right beside each other (laughs) but i'm like i think they're out of touch with how long they're on locked in you know yeah on minecraft right (laughs) and so so i went in and i said hey um 
how how much longer do you have on the computer? And they're like, oh, I just I just got on. I'm like, okay, I I don't think you fully appreciate, you know, your, how much time you're on the computer. Yeah. What I want you to do is I want you to write down when you start hmm. your time and when you should be finished. Because we, we give them a particular amount of time mm-hmm. yeah. and there's some flexibility and yeah. so on. But um, then, because I, I, I said to them, um, I'm not try I don't want to police you. Like, yeah. I'm not interested in doing that. I recognize that you enjoy being doing this gaming stuff. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted you to be able to get the computer in the first yeah. place. But I want you to learn how to use it in a healthy and responsible way. Yeah. So I was explaining, right? And so I'm, I'm wanting to help you with that. So this is what I want you to do so that you can stay on top of it. Because one day you're going to be able to game for as long as you want. It's true. And I want you to be able to, within yourself, understand yeah. what is a healthy amount of time to be investing in this particular fun activity. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and we, we also have like um, different apps that track what they're doing on the computer. So if there is a disagreement, I just pull it up on the app and be like, look, it's, it, look, this is the time that it says that you've been on it. And actually um, they'll actually pull it up themselves. They'll log in and be like, Oh, so, and at that point you don't look over the shoulder and just rub their face and it'd be like, blah, blah, blah. because it's just like, like why? Like you wouldn't want anyone to walk into your office and do that to you. Hmm. Right? Yeah. You would just want to be like, okay, noted. I get it. Tomorrow I will do better. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't, I don't want to make it an argument. I don't want to make it a fight. So I will err on the side of, Oh mommy, I can, I go for another 10 minutes. And if it turns into 20 minutes, I will let them know, Hey, you know what? You are going to lose some time tomorrow because it did turn into 20 minutes, but I've been trying not to storm in and be like, trying yes <laughs> it's probably hard not to right because those conversations <laughs> take emotional uh what did you say earlier cecile emotional energy um yes and restraint yes self-control <laughs> right yeah i nathan i like well, the um oh sorry go ahead I was, I was just gonna say one of the things that we have worked hard at is not overreacting hmm. just in this context um whatever wait, wait, wait. here's a teenage poker face that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, was- a couple of days ago, I think you were on a call with me, and one of our kids broke a, a plate, yes, right. a bowl, right on while we were on the video call. And everybody and, on Zoom was know, like, "Whose kitchen was yeah. that?" And I'm like, Whoa. "I'll be back." Yeah. So, so you know, I I have a couple of opportunities, a couple of options uh, in that in that situation. I can go in there and start raising my voice and saying, you know, what are you doing? You need to be more careful. And I'm on a call and you're interrupting me and blah, blah, blah. I can testify your green square did not light up. You did not yell. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So, so what that does, if we do that is it teaches our kids not to talk to us Mm -hmm. when something comes up. Hmm. Hide it. If they're embarrassed of it, if they know they should have done better, instead of talking to us about it, they will cover it up. And this has happened on a number of different occasions. And you want in the moment you want to get, uh, you know, angry, you want to let that emotion out because it feels good, or you just don't have the emotional energy to stop yourself Mm. or whatever. Um, But yeah, you just got to walk in there and say, Oh, okay, what happened? You know, uh, here's how to clean it up. Yeah, you know, because he was just standing there and looking at the floor and not knowing what to do. And I don't need to tell him he made a mistake, you know. Right. Yeah. And so, so uh, you know, I just gave him a little bit of uh, coaching on how to make sure it was cleaned up. Grab a cardboard box, throw the broken glass in there, you know. But then I came home, and they were like, "There's been something happened." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And I like broke a bowl, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, oh well." Like that was it. Because, I mean, I break bowls all the time. Same. And um, so I'm just like, oh, oh, well. But I could have come home and been like, why are you so clumsy? Or blah, 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 blah. Don't, don't you I'm know like, how much money that costs? Like, you know actually, I have no idea gonna... how much a bowl costs. <laughs> right. You know. So it was just, you got to just be like, mistakes happen. And you just want to extend grace. And, it, you know, it was one of the newer bowls that I actually did buy. 
<laughs> but the thing is, I break blades and bowls all the time. So yeah. I'm in my head, I'm like, oh, we're on our way to getting a new set of dishes. <laughs> <laughs> break a few bowls. <laughs> no, but just put it in perspective. Like, what is it? It's right. not like, I mean, what's going to happen when there's a dent in the car and they're going to have to come and tell us, mm-hmm. right? Because that happened to me yep. when with my dad. I was backing out of the, the driveway and I knocked off the side mirror. I'm like, hey, dad. <laughs> right. So what do, we don't want them to hide, like, because mm-hmm. that's the first, first inclination. Mm-hmm. Look at Adam and Eve and they just hit. Mm-hmm. That's what we and so we thank them, you know, when they tell us things that they don't have to, hmm. things they would rather not tell us, because we know we would rather not tell someone. We we get excited about that. We thank them. We, we tell them how much we appreciate that. And one of the conversations that I have fairly often with our kids is that I want to be able to trust you. Yeah. Right. That is the thing I want more than anything else. I don't want them to be perfect because they're not going to be, because I know I'm not. Um, I don't want them, um, my standard is not to get it right every time, because that's ridiculous. But what my goal is, is that I would be able to trust them. So if they're honest with me and open with me and share the challenges and the struggles with me, then I know that I can trust them. And that is, that's the goal. If you don't have trust in a relationship, there's not yeah. much left. Mm. And so they know, um, so when, when they don't do some of those things, yeah. when it's clear that they have hidden something, <laughs> that's what I bring up, Right, is the trust. Not my disappointment over yeah. the thing they did or didn't do, but over my desire as a father to be able to trust them. And, and so that's been a key. And that's where the rules come in. Hmm. The rules come in around where we can't trust them. Hmm. So it's just right. like, you know what? It's like, you said this, you said this, but you're doing something else. So it's obvious that that's something that we have to help you, teach you, coach you, train you. So now here comes the rules surrounding that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's there to help. They're to help yeah. to, for them to grow, learn, so that we can build more trust. So I think that's, that's the easiest way to describe it yeah. when mm-hmm. the rules come in place. So. Yeah, I think you painted a really good picture. I mean, I don't have any kids, but I'm like, man, uh, okay, I'm write some of this down. And uh, in 10 years, <laughs> here we go. Um, something I wanted to yeah. ask you guys about, um, as we kind of take the last couple of minutes here was how, how do you guys go about having hard or awkward conversations with your kids? Because mm-hmm. that is really, I, I know that that happens because you guys have told me that you are, um, willing to have conversations with your kids about, you know, anything from stealing or you know, what they're watching online to things around sex and pornography. Like, I know that that is, that's intimidating for me to talk about as an adult um, with mm-hmm. other adults. And so I can only imagine it's more awkward with your kids. How do you guys go about doing right. that? Because I know from from what you shared, that is a part of how you are training your kids and, and you know, helping mm-hmm. them for when they are independent. Um, how, right. how does that work for you guys? How, how have you kind of gone about that? So there's a couple of things. First, I'll just start when they're little. Um, when we were little, the kids were little, we would like go to the mall and and stuff. And I mean, at one point we went past Lucenza <laughs> and I made a point of stopping and I was just like, why is that girl wearing her underwear <laughs> out in public like that? Like I just said something. Sure. And then and then all of the kids stopped, including my little boys. And I was like, oh my God. But I'm like, if you're at the mall, what are you going to do? Always walk by Lucenza like this. Like, and it's not just Lucenza. And then the other thing, then I said something. I'm like, I'm like, do you know what? I said, I don't think people actually stand around posing like that in their underwear. And one of the boys went, you're right, mommy. I don't know why they're standing like that. Nobody really actually stands like that in their underwear. Like <laughs> For everybody that. to see. <laughs> and so... And so there was no judging. Mm-hmm. It was just like, why are you doing that? What's going sure. on? And it's just, and then you start a conversation that way. And you're like, hey, remember the people that we saw in the window at the Senza? Or because they're seeing it anyways. Mm-hmm. And by you not saying anything, you're saying something. Mm-hmm. 
So it's kind of like yeah, you just yeah. you just use you use like even the billboards, like what's going on? Like we analyze media all the time. And when they were little, <laughs> we would just talk about everything. Like at the table, I'd be like, hey, guys, I'm like, boys, I'm like, your little voices are going to go from here. And then you're going to become big, strong voices like this. And then and I and then I'm like, and you're going to have hair just like daddy like hair in your chest like daddy and one of the boys looks at nathan and he's like i don't want <laughs> and then i'm like yeah but you're gonna get it it's called puberty so when they were little i would talk about it at the table i would joke about it and i would be like you're gonna have to wear deodorant and you're gonna shave yeah. and all these different things and i would be very very vocal about who's going to get a girlfriend first and what they're going to do and oh my goodness when you get a boyfriend this and they'd be like ah, ha, ha, ha. now they'd be mortified if I when I do it at the table they're mortified right. because <laughs> they I still just... do it um, I talk yes, about it yeah. I talk about it on purpose I talk about relationships I see I talk about did you notice you know um, any difference with the way that girls act around boys when they like them or not liking them and I go there I I'm sorry. I just go there mm -hmm. because as I was growing up, I remember if I had had these conversations, it would have helped me so much in this situation or that situation. And even just mentioning a brief glimpse of something would have helped me so much. And so I'm like, it might be weird. They might think I'm crazy, but I just talk about it. The other mm -hmm. thing that we do is we did get some resources. And so we have some books and we sat down at the table and we completely went through, um, a pornography book with the kids it was about um good pictures bad good pictures, pictures bad pictures what to do when you see pornography on yeah, the what it is how to what respond so i when i was on the computer with the kids pop-ups would come up and i actually they pop-ups to play like a, a game or something on the computer and i'd be like oh what's that pop-up and i would stop i wouldn't click it away i'd be like oh my goodness what is that and they'd all what is it mommy what is it? and i'm like look at the pop-up on the screen like what is that oh they probably want me to click on it. Does that game look interesting, guys? They're like, yeah, man, that looks like a fun game. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I clicked on that. I said, oh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to click on it. I might have a virus. But it looks so much fun. And then I'd be like, well, you know what? I'm not going to click on it. And I'd explain why, and I'd click it away. And I would do it on purpose every time mm. because it looks appealing. Right. And they're, they're going to click on it unless you give them reasons not right. to. And so on purpose, what do you do when something comes on your screen and you're not sure? Go tell an adult, talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, we went through the entire book, even with our littlest at the time, she was like nine. And um, it's, it's age appropriate, sure. it's it intended is. for that purpose. But we went through the book on purpose because we're like, pornography is a huge deal. They have it, they can have access to it on their phones. And it's not something that is their fault. It's being thrust into their little eyes. And if we don't, like, we, we put your seatbelt on. So why on earth would we not talk about pornography and say, guys, put your seatbelt on because you're in for a crazy yeah. ride. And here's what happens when you see it. We're not saying, if, don't, don't look, don't look. We're saying when you see it, this is what happens. This is what it does in your brain. This is how you can respond. This is how you might respond. And if you make a res res like a mistake, like we're on purpose doing it. And we have a relationship book that we're talking through the boys and, and Mercedes with um, just on relationship. What's sex? Why, why is it? What's going on? Like, um, and puberty and yeah. more. One, I think one of the things that we mistake and make a mistake on as parents is you know, it takes, it feels like it takes so much just to have the conversation if we're talking about sex, sure. right? Yeah. Um, have you had the conversation right, with the your talk. kids? The talk, yeah. yeah. It's not a talk. Right. It's many talks. Mm. Many talks. It's, and so All the time. this is why we started when they were literally five, six, yeah. seven, talking about puberty, mm -hmm. because it's an easy thing to talk about, but it's connected to a whole bunch of these other things. Mm -hmm. And so as they got older, we just added more layers to it and got more specific about it. And again, please don't, uh, you know, if you're listening, please don't think that we've got this all figured yeah. out. And that, you know, wow, it sounds like you guys are doing an amazing job. Well, we, we feel like we're doing a good job. We feel like we could be doing a better job. Absolutely. We know we've made some mistakes. Mm -hmm. We know we, there are times we should have done things, been more proactive yeah. in certain areas. So it's it's a 
it's a process and it's a journey and it's something we as parents have to partner with the Holy Spirit and with other parents and yeah. with wise people. And, um, but yeah, it's many conversations. It's yeah. not just one. And, and so um, we wanted our kids to hear these things from so us first. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because typically if a parent is silent on some of these hard-to-talk-about issues and then they get exposed to it, because they will, yeah. um, wherever they learned about it first is probably where they're going to go back to to learn more. Wow. Yeah. So if that's, if that's the internet, that's where they're going to go. Right. Yeah. If that's their their peers, that's where they're going to go. If that's the Netflix, that's where they're going to go. They're going to think that that's the authority yeah. on that subject. Mm-hmm. And we want our kids to know that it was okay to talk about these things and that we were the ones who were um, in their lives to help them with this, that we as their parents, this is part of our role. And so, um, you know, when I was going through the, um, the book, uh, the one of the books with my kids, uh, my my twelve year old is like literally hiding under the coffee table. <laughs> you know, I, I I took the boys down into the basement and we did this for a few days in a row as we worked through these chapters. He's hiding. The other one is just like riveted <laughs> and listening. But the one who's hiding under the coffee table does want to know about. Right. It. Yeah. He just doesn't know what to do. With sure. It. Yes. And it's partly personality, partly maturity, partly age. But um, again, that is not the only time I've talked to them about right. it, yeah. and I will continue to. And I even handed one of my uh, sons a book recently about this very issue because he's just devouring teaching books right now. Wow! And yeah, so and so I think the I think with the hard conversations, with the awkward conversations, you make it awkward. Hmm. You make it awkward. Like, oh well, um, huh. <laughs> it's like the kids are gonna be like, "What is wrong with you?" Talk you? to your dad about that. Talk <laughs> and to then, your mother about right. Or, or we avoid it and say later, "That's no, don't do that." Um, or what? So there is no right time. There's just time. Hmm. Time. We have time all around us, swirling all around us. So reach out and grab it, and and just do it, and just make comments. What do you think about that? Or what do you think about that? And mm-hmm. and. Be like, if you don't know, just say, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, let's talk about this let's later. Figure it out. I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that, I think that the, the youth of today have, <laughs> they can get the information if they want. Mm-hmm. And so what they really are after is they're after wisdom. Yeah. They're after what do you think about it and how did you handle it and how did you navigate it in your life? Because they can get the information. Yeah, what do you do with and yeah. how do you apply the information? So, and that's what parents are for. That is why God has set you in the in the lives of your children. Because it's that wisdom. How do you handle the word of God? How do you take it? How do you apply it to a subject um, like sex? How do you apply it to anything? How do you apply the word of God to all these new bangled apps and gadgets and gizmos how do you apply the word of god to that and how do you walk it out in your life that you can't google so true and that is what you're doing with your children that's why you're parenting them Mm. so that's why it's so important just to i mean let's just go back just get the word of god it's a seed planted in your heart and it grows and it's going to affect everything in your life no, there were no iPads in the garden. There are iPads now. And in 20 years, there's going to be hover, whatever, and tell them, and who knows? Mm-hmm. But the word of God is still going to be a seed in your heart, and he's still going to be able to govern your lifestyles, and he's still going to be able to help you figure out what's going on in the world. And that is, like, hands down, you can't Google that if Google even exists in 25 years. So. <laughs> um, oh, man, that is that is such such good truth. I wonder just quickly before we wrap up, um, if I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there are, um, you know, people listening and I, I feel challenged myself as well is like, okay, I haven't been as for the parent who's thinking, okay, I'm, I haven't been as intentional as the Turners have, um, either we can go, Matt, it's too late. Or we can say, okay, what do I do? Like, how do I even start being intentional with my kids about how hard conversations or getting to know their heart? Um, obviously, yeah. we could do a whole other conversation on that. But I wonder what comes to mind mm. for you guys is like, where do I start with this? Mm. Um, I'm just going to back, go back to what I said before. 
you emotionally get yourself focused on focused your child, on your child. Um, if um, you, you it, requires it requires a lot of emotional lot of energy, energy, to, do this. energy to, do this. to do this and because you have to parent you have to parent your child so i would say if you haven't been doing it before rip your attention away from whatever it is that has your attention and turn that energy turn that emotional energy onto your child and just start day by day by doing that Right. It's nothing, there's no magic button, pill, whatever. Um, there's yep. not an app for it. Don't outsource parenting. You've mm. got to just be like, mm. I need to focus in on what is actually going on. And that might just be a mean observing for a while what is actually going on. And I act, and you know what? Corona has given us that opportunity. So by now, I'm sure you've observed for the last several months what is actually going on in the lives of your children. Mm. And this is amazing. It's an amazing, amazing reset for every, for all of us, us included, to be like, oh, what is actually going on in the life? And we've been able to see what's going on and in our lives as well. So mm-hmm. I would just encourage everybody to just turn your ten- turn your attention, turn your emotions towards your kids and be like, what's going on in their lives? And watch and be like, okay. And then allow the Holy Spirit to say, okay. There's no formula. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Holy Spirit. It's a yeah, building the relationship. The relationship is what gives you entrance into their hearts and lives, right? That's why I talked about staying connected with the hearts of your children. Um, yeah. If you don't have that connection, that's where you need to begin. You can't all of a sudden parachute into a relationship that you really haven't been engaged in yeah. and start trying to do some of these things. You've got to build it, build yeah. it. And and part of it may just be repenting. Yeah. Repenting just means a change of mind, yeah. change of heart, which leads to a change of action. And so you may need to repent to your kids. You may need to say to them, you know what, I, I'm sorry, I have not been... Um, engaged in your life in the way I believe God wants me to. Here's mm. what God wants, how God wants me to be involved. He wants me to help you. He wants me to help you with these challenging decisions. And I know that you're in the middle of them and I haven't been as available as I should have been. And yeah. I'm really sorry for that. Would you allow me to begin to develop that kind of relationship with you, depending on how old they are. And right? we've, we've done that. Like he's done that before talking yeah. to them like that. And I'm like, Whoa, I'm like, you're serious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you you got to be humble with your kids. Your kids, uh, they see, they see you day in and day out. They see the good, the bad and the not so good. Um, see how he didn't say ugly, ugly because yeah. what? <laughs> no ugliness happening here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they see it. So then it's not like you've pulled the fast one on them. They, they, they see it all. So just, this is part of modeling the kind of behavior you want. Just being, I've apologized to my kids for the way I've reacted. And one of them just recently apologized to me for the way he reacted. So you, you got to do that and, and pray that God would give you the wisdom to know how to begin and where to begin. Um, and it will be a, a journey. And yeah. um, if you do it in that kind of humble way, um, it may be a, you may stumble a little bit trying to figure yeah. it out as you relate to your kids. But um, I think they will respect the humility. Yeah. And and it's what they want, really. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for um, sharing and kind of pulling the curtains back on a bit of your parenting and family. This has been so awesome. And I mean, I've, I I wish that I was able to take notes, but like I didn't have a notepad. (laughs) Um, So I'm gonna have to go back and, and do some more learning. Thank you so much for uh, being on the fam. And yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. Well, you're welcome, Nick. And thank you so much for creating this podcast because, um, you know, it's something we would have loved to have been able to hear and learn from yes. um, earlier on in our in our parenting journey. And as uh, we were stumbling through trying to figure yeah. out what is going on. So, so it's a great resource, and there are yeah. many resources out there. And that's one thing we would encourage people to do is look for them and yeah. ask other parents what they use. And and uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's great because there you. are different apps for teenagers that can help you to be like what's going on in culture mm-hmm. so find those ask because from a christian perspective yeah. even yeah, from yeah. A christian-
perspective and we have like read them, devoured them and been like, oh, we didn't know this stuff was going on. We thought we were super connected, but what is going on? So mm-hmm. yeah, don't be afraid to ask and start again. Every day is a new day. It's an opportunity to start again. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you guys. Nathan and Cecile, thank you so much for such great encouragement and some really challenging thoughts. I love, Cecile, what you ended with, and you said you can't outsource parenting. Let me encourage you that God gave you your kids because he knew that he could trust you with them. You're doing better than you think. Don't give up seeking him as you lead your families well. Thank you so much for joining us on The Fam today. Uh, I'm thankful for your support and, uh, and the messages that I've received. And hey, if you've enjoyed this, let somebody know. Share it with them. We want to help each other disciple our kids and lead our families together. Thanks so much for joining us on The Fam. We will see you next Monday for a new episode.